Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. I want to be perfectly clear. The greater part of Christian parents took their children to church, me included, prayed with them at night before bed. Now, I didn't do that because, like I said, at the time, I was running as fast as I could away from God when I was raising my kids. Oh, I had my wife take them to church, and on odd occasion, I would attend also, you know, Easter, Christmas Eve, and things like that. Where'd we go wrong? I see many parents scratching their heads, trying to figure out where they went wrong with their children. But it's right there. Proverbs 22 says, 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I failed in that. Parents today are failing in this. They're letting the kids do what they want. So as they get older, why shouldn't they do what they want? It was good enough when I was a kid. I repent before God that I affected my children that way. And now my grandchildren are being affected that way. Praise God, repentance is still available. Praise God, the power of the Holy Spirit has not diminished. Praise God, His Word still works when put to use. Amen? Glory to God. But for the greater part of Christian parents, as well as my own kids and the grandchildren that I love so dear, the values these children today that they hold on to do not reflect the traditional teachings of Jesus. I want to let you know up front, this is not a parenting how-to sermon. Amen? This is not a sermon where if you follow these steps, you'll lead your loved ones to salvation and everything will just be great. No, it's not like that at all. Instead, what I can offer you is just a glimpse into the world of Someone who's seen thousands of young evangelicals being spiritually and emotionally targeted by television in stores and advertisements and and so-called college ministries and seminaries that 
churches nationwide. I've been all around this country in different venues. I've literally preached in front of thousands of people all around this country. And there's a growing liberal movement that is cloaked in Christianity. As I mentioned, research tells us that Christians today, especially evangelicals, are drifting further and further away from the orthodox truths their parents and grandparents held to, lived for, and believed. Our parents, our churches, have rarely, if ever, seen the exodus we're seeing today. This will have a direct effect on the spiritual and moral values that are shaping this nation now and will shape the nation in the coming years. This is why it's so important, so urgent, that concerned Christians start acting now before the situation gets worse. Faith and culture will continue to slide and collide in America. We can see it now almost every night on the evening news. The culture wars, the growth of family, the success of missions, the prosperity of our great nation. The future rests now on the millennial generation's worldviews. And the millennial evangelicals are under pressure to conform or remain silent. This is cause for concern because something has gone wrong with our younger evangelicals' theology if they believe they have to conform to fit in. The millennial generation's susceptibility to the feel-good doctrine is playing a big part in America's moral decline. The millennials' religious practices depend largely on how the actions make us and others feel, whether the activities are biblical or not. For example, we only attend churches that have us feeling good about our lifestyle and choices, even if those choices conflict with God's commandments. We dismiss the old hymns that focus on God's transforming salvation, His love, His mercy, and instead we opt for Jesus is our boyfriend type of songs. Or we contribute to nonprofits that exploit and misuse terms such as justice, oppressed, and inequality because tweaking the language just a little bit makes us feel more neutral and less confrontational. After all, we want to live Jesus before everyone. We want them to see Jesus living through us, and that will draw them to us. After all, we're supposed to be a light set on the hill, and Jesus said he would draw all people to the light. So if it's God's will that they be saved through us, that they'll see us, and then they will will come and ask us how to become a Christian. Well, in some cases, that's true. The majority of cases, it's false. You're being deceived by a lying devil. Jesus nowhere said, never witness to anyone. Never do any great works. Just go about living your life. You know, if, if you're 
called in the ministry for homosexuals. Well, you have to become a homosexual first so you can draw people to the light you have and then lead them out. If you're called to minister to drug addicts, you must become a drug addict first so you can understand what they're doing and lead them out. If you're called to minister to alcoholics, you must become an alcoholic first and then lead them out. If you're called to minister to wife abusers, well, you have to abuse your wife first. Jesus never taught that trash. Why is it we are looking at it in that, that way now? It's because we're deceived. Amen. Out of fear of being falsely dubbed intolerant. You hear that a lot today. Uh, incompassionate. Many young Christians are buying into these theological falsehoods. Instead of standing up as a voice for the innocent unborn or marriage as God intended, millennials and the majority of churches in America, I just don't want to lump the millennials in there because it's the church leadership who's going to be held accountable before God. Therefore, going the authority of Scripture and embracing a couch potato or a cafeteria-style Christianity, all in the name of of tolerance and acceptance. The contemporary mindset is what an author named Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a German theologian whose Christian convictions put him at odds with the Nazis. And it cost him his life. He called this in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, Cheap Grace. He said, Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Boy, don't you see that in churches today. Cheap grace is the baptism without church discipline. Cheap grace is communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Oh, glory to God, I know I'm stepping on toes now. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate in the believers. Right now, this cheap grace theology is proliferating around evangelical Bible colleges, seminaries, Christian ministries, and churches from one end of this nation to the other. Listen again to the definition of cheap grace. Preaching forgiveness without repentance, baptism without discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession, grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living in you. This is a pure 100% definition of the purpose-driven church outlined that is in America today. It is. Take the cross off the walls so it doesn't offend anyone coming in. Darken the sanctuary. Make it more of a theater setting. Have your lattes. Make people use loud music so it sounds like they're going into a nightclub because that's what's going to draw the young people in. 
It's not that millennial evangelicals were not taking the church by their parents. It's that their training has been basically hijacked by ineffective and sometimes intentionally distorted teachings. As constant and pervasive as the attacks on Christianity are at public universities, it is more important to remember that the younger generation of American churchgoers' worldviews do not start taking shape after they move out of their parents' houses. No. Their understanding of Jesus' teachings and cultural convictions begin to form while they are still at home and while under the influence of their parents and the local church. What I hope and pray Christian parents and church leaders come to realize is that the church has been too trusting. In our jam-packed lifestyles, parents have treated Sunday school as they do softball or ballet class. They drop off the kids for an hour, then pick them up and hope they learn something. About 10 months after being born again, I accepted the Lord's calling on my life to enter the ministry. My pastor at the time asked me to teach the children's Sunday school class. I guess he figured I could learn something as I taught. Remember, I ran from Jesus for 36 years. And he was right. I did learn something. See, early on in my Sunday, Sunday school teacher days, he paired me up with a co-teacher. And I followed, the, I prepared the curriculum according to the handbook that we were given. and With the exception being that my co-teacher had a better understanding and knowledge of biblical history. And he imparted that to the kids during the Sunday school class. I thought that was amazing, the knowledge he had. was always fascinated by the insights he could give. I guess I was drawn into it just as much as the kids were, maybe more. And we taught all about Jesus' birth and repentance and resurrection and saving grace. And I thought that you know all the fluffy kids' ministry curriculum covered all of the necessary basis. And I knew, I felt confident, these kids had a firm grasp on their Christian worldview. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Because one day, my co-teacher and I, we decided to play a game of true or false. We'd ask a few questions and casually went down a list of worldview questions with the class. These were all about 12-year-old kids. And I was sure that our teaching had fully equipped them that they'd have all the right answers. We asked, true or false? Jesus is God. And they said, true. Yes. Great. Amen. And we said, Jesus committed sin. Oh, false. Yes. All right. Amen. Number three, Jesus is one of many ways to heaven. And they said, true. I said, what? I was shocked. That's really the only way I could describe how I felt. Had they been listening to any of our teaching? When I asked them who taught them that Jesus was just one way to heaven, one little girl said, we're taught in school to coexist. 
Yes, these young Christian children had been listening to their Sunday school teachers and their parents, but they had also been listening to their school teachers, to television celebrities and rock stars, Youth ministers, volunteer leaders, and pastors also have to start preparing these kids to deal with the very real hostility they will face as believers. If we never talk about abortion in church, if we never discuss how wrong homosexuality is in church, how can we expect the rising evangelical girl to calmly explain the option of adoption to her frightened best friend who just admits she has become pregnant. How will she know what options exist? What will surprise you is how much young believers actually crave honest discussions about Social topics like abortion and sexuality and sexual exploitation and feminism and radical Islam. We as Christian pastors, leaders, teachers, even parents, cannot be afraid to have serious discussions about what scripture has to say about abortion and evolution and homosexuality and worshiping Jesus and him alone as God. Make no mistake, the trend away from biblical truth is not concentrated inside what you could call the hipster city limits. It's just not in the main cities of America. It is unfolding in the crevices of America's plains, hills, mountains, swamplands, farms, all across the nation. Old-fashioned, conservative Christianity is being treated in for this bright and shiny, mediocre Christianity. If America's evangelicals disengage from the public square and fail to engage the rising generation of Christian leaders, then we risk losing our public voice. When we do that, we lose our religious liberty. And then we lose liberty Altogether. And it's already happening. Look at what is happening politically in the United States right now. It is almost illegal to be a Christian. Oh, Brother Bob, you're just exaggerating. Really? Look at how many times you hear about uh, someone offering a prayer at a football game or a valedictorian speech, and they turn off the microphone. I remember one instance where they withheld the person's diploma. Wouldn't give him his diploma because he said a prayer or mentioned the name of Jesus. They've taken God out of the courtrooms. They've taken God out of the schools. They're trying to get God out of government. If you're a Christian and servant in public office, they don't want you to pray or even mention God. George Washington, when he was sworn in as the first president of the United States, he led the entire congressional body at that time, two blocks down the street, 
from the government building to St. Paul's Chapel. And there, for two hours, they prayed. George Washington led the service and prayed and interceded for God's blessings on the United States. For those that don't know, St. Paul's Chapel is at the corner of where the World Trade Center stood. It was at ground zero. God's judgment always falls in relation to where the dedication was. This nation was dedicated by George Washington to God. It was founded on the Bible. All of our national documents has scripture references throughout it. Almost every statement in some form or fashion has biblical connotations to it. And we as a nation have turned from worshiping that true God. I, the weekend on the Sunday after 9-11, I was scheduled to preach at a church and I said then, this was God's warning shot across, across the bow of the United States. That for that momentary period in time, God removed his hedge of protection around the borders of this land. Just to show us what would happen if we continued down this road. We as Christians, are being pushed farther and farther out of public acceptance. We are looked down upon by those in authority right now, including the president. He despises Christians. He welcomes Muslim leaders into the White House. But yet, under his administration, he forbid the Pentagon from having Franklin Graham come to the National Day of Prayer because Franklin Graham had talked down about Islam. And this person was elected by the majority of Americans that voted in two elections. God gives us the privilege of selecting our leaders. And look what we've done with it. Amen. What happened to the religious right and the Christian coalition in this country? The last several decades witnessed tremendous evangelical influence in the United States. We had leaders such as Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and Tim and Beverly LaHaye and James Dobson and James and Betty Robinson and, and many, many others. They made a bold impact on America's families, on our churches and our government. Now that those few leaders are aging or retiring or in some cases have died, there are very few traditional evangelical leaders left holding the torch, and even fewer candidates to whom they can pass it. But religious convictions in America 
are not on the verge of total disappearance just yet. Much as that may dismay the liberal left in this country, there is still hope for America. In the book God is Alive and Well, The Future of Religion in America, Gallup's editor-in-chief, Frank Newport, says, Christianity will prevail in the United States. America will remain very much a Christian nation in the decades ahead, albeit less so than in the past, because of an increase in Americans who do not have any religious identity. Remember the uh, survey I talked about at the beginning? One in four Americans don't believe in any type of God and they don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. Down from 90% 25 years ago. Heed the warning signs, folks. Evangelicals and culture warriors in the United States do not have to look far to discover what happens when Christian denominations give up on their traditional convictions and teachings. All we have to do is look at the dwindling memberships of mainline Protestant denominations. You can look at the dwindling effectiveness of the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterians, and and Methodists, and others. Now the Catholic Church, as well as some Baptist churches, and many so-called non-denominational churches. The acceptance of homosexuality is not just in the church, but in the leadership of the church. The Pope, just a few weeks ago, officially stating unbelievers can go to heaven as long as they live a nice life. He also stated that Muslims are worshiping the same God as Christians do. He allowed a Muslim imam to deliver a sermon inside the Vatican. I wonder when a Christian minister will be invited to deliver a sermon at Mecca, Islam's holy site. See, the Muslims are claiming victory in every one of these areas. And they can see it. They see the victory because they are walking it. They refuse to bow anyone but their God, even though it's a false God. And they will kill anyone who gets in their way. And if we fight back and kill them, they think they automatically earn heaven. You see, the difference between the Christian God and the God of Islam, the God of Islam requires you to die for him. Where the God of the Christians sent his son to die for you. Amen? Anyway, I'm getting off my point that I want to make before we close. In order to safeguard the future of young Christians, who are the, by the way, the lifeblood of the future Christian church in America and the future of America itself, we must uphold the authority of the word of God. 
It's imperative that those in a position of influence to the millennial generation have transparent and honest discussions about the culture wars our Christian youth are already engaging in out on the streets, away from the church. Otherwise, these young people will learn to be silent and accepting in the face of persecution and false doctrines. They will not know how to stand up for the gospel. They will not know how to stand up for Jesus Christ. They will not know how to stand up for morality. They will not know how to stand up for what's right and honest and biblical. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.